Imperial battleship, halt the flow of time. I cannot swim, you Spanish peacock. I'm not Spanish, I'm Egyptian. You five-star double-rated astronavigatrix. Uh, 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 what? Space, herpy. Give me the remote control. Good heavens, General, that sounds like a woman. Impossible! From the depths of the earth to the edge of existence, the hunt is on. Welcome, listener, to Star Crashed, the podcast in which we discuss genre movies released before the year 2000. For this episode, we watched Slipstream from 1989, and my name is Ebba. And my name is Linnea. What's up? Uh, not much, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, I met some friends this weekend and uh, had a little party, but other than that, it's uh, today is pretty fine. Oh. Not, uh, not a lot going on today, except for podcasting. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a weekend of uh, hand sewing a lot, so I'm uh, pretty tired in my arms. I actually got like <laughs> muscle ache from hand sewing. Uh, so, but I that's I, a self-inflicted. I just want to point yes, out. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. but I did have a lot of fun doing it. So watched movies at the same time. So it was uh, an enjoyable experience. So what is Slipstream about? Let's talk about this movie. Yes, uh, like you said, it's a movie from. Uh, 1989 um, starring Mark Hamill among other people Uh, and it is a post-apocalyptic film where I believe uh, the reason for the apocalypse is pollution there's some narration in the beginning I don't remember but there was something like that but the name of the film comes from these really strong winds that like are over the world now Mm. and it's called the slipstream these very intense winds and because of that we also have a lot of airplane scenes in this film <laughs> yes uh, <laughs> put it mildly <laughs> um, yes so we start out the film by seeing this uh a guy in a suit being hunted by uh, two uh, sort of police officers uh what left what is left of the police force mm. anyway tasker and blitzky and tasker is played by mark hamill yeah just uh, can i just like add one yeah. thing there like their costumes like nothing really like translates as cops no like, you you don't really understand what's going on like you don't know that they're cops and like nothing about their appearance gives you that impression just like adding that in so setting, yes setting yes the scene there a bit. that's that's something you sort of figure out later on that's yeah. oh they they are actually law enforcement but uh, <laughs> knowing that in the beginning we see them hunt this guy and eventually capture him uh, and then they take him to this like western similar style uh, settlement mm. uh, very very western apocalypse i guess you can describe it as uh, where they meet the character Matt Owens who is like a arms dealer you know sells contraband and that mm. kind of thing uh, he he makes a pass at Belitsky you know try to flirt with her and it doesn't really work well because she's like Fuck off, dude. Uh, He's flirting like in a really predatorial, bad uh, yes, way, which is yes. not charming or anything like remotely nice. Uh, so. But there is there is a reason I'm pointing out that he's flirting with her at, at this point. But anyway, he figures out that this 
guy in the suit, Byron, will give quite a good bounty if uh, if you bring him to, I guess, the law enforcement or whatever. So uh, Matt Owens tried to um, like take Byron from uh, Tasker and Belitsky, and he succeeds, but Tasker shoots him with a, an arrow, and he it's it's a poisoned arrow, and there's also I think like a tracking device that is now implanted in mm. Owen. And uh, Owen and Byron uh, escape. Well, Byron is still a prisoner, I guess. But uh, they fly in Byron or in Owen's plane and uh, to another settlement. And here, Byron heals uh, a blind boy, give him his sight back, and it's very, very sort of Jesus imaginary yes. <laughs> imagery yes. there. So I was like, oh, is this a religious theme movie? But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> And then they sort of uh, go on to a, another settlement. This is, there's a lot of flying between settle, settlements in this film. Yeah, but at this point, like they're meeting up with like Matt, Matt Owens and Byron are meeting up with his friends, like Matt's friends, in like a bathhouse or something, and they're like just hanging out with them for a while, I guess, and then they move on. But then we see those friends, that this gang of Matt's friends, meeting up with uh, Tasker and uh, Belitsky in the forest somewhere and like the Tasker and Belitsky are trying to find Matt Owens and they stumble upon these guys that's at least that's the way I remember it and Tasker and Belitsky sees that these people have guns on them and they're like hand over the contraband you're under arrest basically and they say no we're not we're not going to do that and so there's a shootout and Tasker and Belitsky are very good at killing people <laughs> so they annihilate these this gang of uh, like a lot of people to be honest so they're very mm-hmm. good at killing people <laughs> but i i think that scene kind of shows like they're not very diplomatic cops like they're not really trying to find any sort of like middle ground solutions here like they're either you give us this or you die even though you could argue that well the gang is the one that are shooting first but like there is really no attempt from the cops before that to get them to like meet them halfway basically so mm-hmm. it's worth mentioning like here you can see that these cops maybe they're not the good guys to be honest <laughs> and in the meantime as uh, this is going on Owens and Byron arrive at the next settlement which uh, turns out to be some sort of wind cult uh, and I think the leader there blames Byron for essentially the end of the world. Played by Ben uh, Kingsley. Yes, yes. And they end up, I think, cap- like keeping Owens captive and then tying Byron to a w- big wind kite and like having him sort of fly up in the air and he's like enjoying it. He's like <laughs> having the time of his life. Like, yeah, yeah. this is really cool. And they were like, but this is punishment. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, and then the Tasker and Belitsky arrive at the settlement and sort of temporarily teams up with Owens in order to uh, get Byron back down mm. on Earth. And it turns out that Byron is a robot or an android um, and he's accused of killing uh, a man. Uh, we don't really know the details there yet. But Byron and Owens once again managed to escape from Tasker and Belitsky. And I believe even Belitsky helps them escape, right? Mm, I don't really remember. I think it's... Aren't they trapped together and she stays? 
Yeah, it's and, a bit confusing, yeah, but it's not. Uh, yeah, I think the idea is that Belitsky's loyalty is not so clear cut, maybe as as yeah, or or her morals at least. I think her yes, loyalty yes. is with Tasker, but her morals might be a bit more uh, forgiving to like Byron's plight, almost. I think mm-hmm. like she's mm-hmm. not as black and white as Tasker. Mm. At least that's the way I remember it. Mm. And then there's also another woman from this wind cult called uh, Ariel, uh, who also escapes with them at this point. And she brings them to her um, home, I guess, which turns out to be this also a kind of a cult living living underground in Mm. a very fancy like library kind of thing. You know, they're very much preserving old high society ideals i guess and also yeah. preserving a lot of old books and old uh, antiques and such and i believe a lot of them were also british which was yeah. kind of funny <laughs> this is a uk movie though so just adding that yeah in. yeah it, i guess it is yeah. yes but it is like entertaining to think but, mm-hmm. yeah. and at this point in the film i took up my phone and started playing hearthstone so now <laughs> i'm very confused as what happens afterwards <laughs> But essentially, uh, Byron and Owen sort of find out that they like this place. Byron has sort of a romance going on with Ariel. And Owens also have a girl he hooks up with. And and Owen is like, oh, you know, I actually don't think I'm going to take you to the bounty hunters. Uh, Byron, you know, you're my friend now. You're free. We can can stay here. Mm. You know, that sort of thing. Uh, And Byron is really happy because he has slept for the first time in his life. He has had a dream about a place high up in the mountains where mm. other androids live. and, and uh, Oh yes, and I forgot about that whole thing. Yeah, because we're getting close to the end now. Because Tasker and Belitsky finds Byron and Owen in this uh, settlement. Kills a whole bunch of people, including Ariel. And Byron is obviously very upset by this. Mm. So he goes after Tasker uh, and, and managed to... Um, like jump on Tasker's plane as Tasker is flying away and sort of get into the cockpit and then they both crash the plane but Tasker dies and Byron survives because Byron is a not human so mm. he can survive a bit more than, than we can. <laughs> Belitsky shoots Owen again with an uh, arrow and he's like oh you bitch but she's like no 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 it was the antidote. <laughs> And then, you know, they all gather together again. Belitsky and Owen is now apparently a couple. And Byron is going up in the mountains to find his kin. And it also has turned out by now that the guy Byron killed was his master. And I think the idea is that his master was very old. So he's... He was... He asked for it, I think, right? Yeah, like an assisted suicide, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's... uh, So, yeah, that's the end, I think. Yeah, wow. Um, Yeah, slipstream. There is a lot going on in this movie. It's like quite simple, but at the same time very ambitious, which makes for a like, did they even succeed at anything, really? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, yes, yes. There's for me a lot of confusion. Confusion. I always felt like there was a part missing, even though there were a lot of parts in it. Like there was a lot of concepts going on and like relationships between people and religious overtones or like religious themes Mm -hmm. uh, in conversations and things like that and yet it it was lacking something yeah and i I don't agree yeah i don't Mm. i I hope we can sort of like narrow it down to like what what is it what is the lacking part like (laughs) why doesn't this thing work basically yeah what's your overall thoughts about slipstream 
it's both better and worse than it has right to be at the same time. Like mm. the way I own this film, I own it in a Milk Mills Creek DVD box set. You know these fifty mm. movies in one box set. They're really mm. cheap and they're like movies that no one cares about before. Mm. And a lot of them are shit films. Mm. So I was expecting this to be pretty shitty as well. Mm. But it was better than a lot of other films I see in those boxes. Mm. This, this is actually, I can see there's some quality behind this, some some, yeah. some budget and some good actors. But then at the same time, it's also kind of worse than I expected it to be <laughs> because it's so confusing and it's so, it sort of wanders aimlessly. It doesn't really know what it's going, what it's doing. Like, like it's a post-apocalyptic world. So there's some commentary about pollution and, and, mm. uh, you know, rampant technology with Byron and all that. So there's like commentary there. And then uh, there's commentary about androids, you know, mm. where's the line between a human and an android and, and what is life and that sort of thing. Yeah. And then uh, Byron, he is a boy from blindness. So there's the whole messiah imagery yes. there, which was also confusing because that didn't really lead anywhere. And then it's also like a cop crime film with two cops and a criminal that you know are sort yeah, of uh, escaped criminal sort of <laughs> funding each line. other and being at each other's throat and all that and then there's lots of romances going on between Byron and Ariel and sort of between Owens and Palitsky as well mm. even though that's a really weird romance but too many ideas put into one film I think is my overall like, thought on it yeah it's like they should have picked like two or th- Two things, basically. Like something that would just make it a bit more focused because it's all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I, I, tot- I, I love the idea of like a post-apocalyptic world where this messiah character appears and everyone starts following him. And then yes. it turns out he's an android. And, yes. and sort of the, the questions that arise from that, can he actually be our messiah? Can mm. he lead this you know can he create a new society based on on what we the remnants of the old one like that would be so interesting but like can a man-made piece of technology like a man-made person can that be a messiah and Mm -hmm. and oh yeah there's there's a lot of things like you could go in many directions with that and it could be so interesting oh it's kind of sad in a way like because like if you like i was the one doing research for this episode and i can tell that there's competent people behind this movie Mm mm-hmm if you just look at like the actors in this movie, you have big names, basically. You have Mark Hamill. I mean, he was, he must have been, a, I mean, an attractive name to have in a movie at this time. It's a few years after Star Wars, but I still think that people would recognize him and be interested in what he's doing at the moment, you know. And you have Bill Paxton, who was just coming off of Aliens. A lot of people would enjoy watching him too. Uh, but then th- one of the most interesting things is it's produced by a man called Gary Kurtz, who produced Star Wars, New Hope, and Empire Strikes, Strikes Back. So he had two very successful, well-planned, or <laughs> what you want to call it, movies. Mm. Well, well-planned could be argued, I guess, at least for the first one. But, you know, successful movies. Mm-hmm. And then you have Steven Lisberger, who wrote and directed Tron, which I haven't seen, but I mean, Tron is Tron. Yeah, I've seen it. It's yeah. uh, the the special effects in Tron hasn't aged very well. Yeah, but I think it's, the idea, it's, like for yeah, for yeah. for the time being, it's a very good film, and it's that's also a, a film that has a lot of ideas with 
humans meeting technology and what mm. what uh, what kind of what constitutes life because in here in in Tron we have like programs in a computer that are sort of living their own life yeah. and stuff like that so this yeah i can sort of see a theme here in yeah, Asperger's films but uh, i'm looking at he didn't write this script though it says tony kaden uh, okay because i didn't okay. write that up, but i'm checking it now and it says tony kaden so i don't think Maybe he had a hand in like editing it or something, but it's not his script. At least it doesn't no, say so. No, no, so, but 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 the theme like still... this is what he's interested in, and he wants yes, to tell this yes. story. So yeah, absolutely, there's that theme. But so mm-hmm. also, I need to mention the 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 composer for the music, Elmer Bernstein, uh, or Bernstein. Not completely sure about the pronunciation, but like look up his his um, list of like m- movies. He's um, compose music for it's there's a lot of movies there and a lot of like big names as well just like a personal favorite of mine an american werewolf uh, in london Mm -hmm. he's made the music for so what i'm trying to like get at is like there are big names (laughs) in this movie (laughs) yeah but it failed and i don't know if if the fail is bigger because of that fact or I th- I think it I think it is honestly you know as I was looking at this film and I was like oh my god it's Mark Hamill oh my god it's Ben Kingsley yeah <laughs> and if it had been unknown actors like across the board I don't think I would have been quite as disappointed Harsh, I would have yeah. I, I I think at the if that had been the case I would have been more like oh this is actually surprisingly good for yeah. the kind of movie it is. You know, a sort of low-budget, unknown sci-fi film from the late 80s. Yeah. You know, that kind of... Uh, I would probably have been more pleasantly surprised by it. But now it's just like, oh my god, this was such, such an ambitious project. Yeah. And it's such a fail. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it wasn't well-received back then either. Like, no. They were starting to have, like, financial issues when they were filming it. Problems, like economical like financial problems during the filming and then also like just in theaters like it wasn't well received basically but i also think that financial issues doesn't really have an impact on the script like the sentences being told Mm -hmm. and Mm. this movie has issues with that the way it looks and things like that i mean maybe it, it could look a bit more lush and maybe colorful and a bit more fun with the sets. That's just something I would have liked to see. It's a bit brown and gray for my taste. Sometimes Mm. that's a good look in this movie, in the quality that it was available to me. Not really nice to watch. (laughs) I think it's honestly kind of a shame that it wasn't, that it wasn't a better film and that it wasn't more well received than it was because I think the script is actually... Even though it, it's kind of confusing and it doesn't really know what direction it wants to go, I think the script, at its core, is actually quite a quite a unique script. You know, mm. I don't living in today in two thousand eighteen, where a lot of the films we see are uh, sequels or remakes or reboots yes. or based on existing novels and such. Yeah. Having an original script like this would have been really nice you know a new idea and i think this script at its core is actually pretty good but execution kind of fails in execution is (laughs) i think uh, the conclusion here i think it should have gone in either like two ways like either they should have like 
calmed the movie down a bit because there's something about the action that doesn't really work in this movie. I can't exactly put pinpoint what it is, but it, it's not very exciting when they're fighting and things like that. So maybe it should have been scaled down a bit on that, like taking its time and... Yeah, I think I think actually you don't need the action in here at all. Uh, you can have made the excitement could have been more of a, I guess, philosophical nature with you know pretty deep discussions yeah. about you know Byron's nature and what is Byron? Is he evolving somehow and, and stuff like that? I think that could have worked. Maybe put in like like what's his goal? Is Byron's mm-hmm. goal something? you want to see come to fruition or not. So you could have that sort of like, well, do we want to enable Byron's agenda? Do we want to help him in that? Or do we want to, you know, like Mm. it's sort of like a basic discussion about AI. I think that's better than what this movie did, basically. Yes. And I was sort of specifically thinking about the end scene with Byron and Tasker in the airplane before they are crashing. Mm. First of all, it's a very confusing scene, you know. Uh, I think the idea is somehow that at first Byron wants to kill Tasker, but then he changes his mind, but then they kill kill him anyway. It's it's very confusing, and I'm not really sure what the idea was there. And as an action scene, it's very uninspired, I think. You know, yes. the, the camera work and the cinematography, it's, it's not really great action in that scene. But, yeah, I, I mean, it yeah. would have been better if they were just, like, sitting in a room with Byron's hand on, like, a button, you know, like, a like if you press this button, a bomb will go off. Like, almost something like that, where it's just, it's, there's tension, but the, but the scene is very still, you know, like, there isn't this crammed space with Tasker and Byron just struggling and it's just, it looks kind of silly almost. Like just a nice slow tension building scene where they're discussing like Byron's ability to be human and decide for himself and like is is killing something that makes you human or like what is, why put that um, emphasis on taking a life? Where do they want to go with that? concept you know mm-hmm. i don't know that might come off a bit a bit rambly from my part but um there's just like a lot of those scenes that don't really work in this movie mm-hmm. but you were saying before uh, i interrupted you but uh you were saying the movie could have gone in two different direction uh, mm. we we're talking about one direction now and what what was your other idea mm? yeah so just like you could have made this more of a pure action movie if you just scaled down the sort of intellectual stuff and this is goes back to the whole like you can't have this many spices in a soup it's gonna taste like nothing in the end Mm -hmm. so if you have just scaled down the intellectual stuff and just made it pure more like a pure action movie and i'm this weekend i watched uh, total recall which is Mm. an excellent action movie with a science science fiction theme (laughs) it's very simple but it has some twists and turns uh, and it's highly entertaining not all movies can be total recall but the lesson from total recall can be that you can have sort of like it's sort of higher concept almost but you can make that into a fun fast ride action movie Mm -hmm. that's a route this movie could have taken also yes i'm sort of thinking you know, I'm trying to imagine your idea here if you sort of take out the more philosophical heavy stuff. Yeah, just some of it, uh, you know, like... Yeah, one, yeah, but but, um... but wouldn't 
I can, I'm kind of feeling that maybe it would be t- a bit too much like Terminator then. I mean, I'm not mm. saying that Byron would be Terminator, mm, but it true. would be a movie about a robots, an android, uh, and sort of more... It would not be so much about him, but more of the people around him, I guess. Yeah, or, or you could have, like, if we're going back to the Messiah's thing, like if you have a mm. an android that's starting to have a following, like mm. a Messiah figure... And you have people who do not think that's a good idea. So they're hunting him. Basically like a Jesus tale set in the future. Mm, mm. Um, So you could still have it be an action movie, but you're trying to get a conversation starting about humanity and like our idol worshipping and Mm -hmm, who mm. we want to follow and what ideals we want to follow and who can be the carrier of those ideals and why and you know i don't know something like that just trying to trying to have it all <laughs> it doesn't really mm. work and this movie <laughs> is an example of that unfortunately <laughs> yeah yeah i mean I, th- I think all of what we have discussed so far really tells us that the movie would have been so much better if it had just been more focused yeah on on one or two plot lines, one or two ideas, but here's just a, too, a bit too many going on at the same time. Yeah, and also because as a sort of a continuation mm. on that thought, because there's so many ideas going on and so many characters and so many like relationships building between each other, I actually kind of lost interest in it because I didn't feel that there was one that I was really invested yes. in. And hence why I started playing Hearthstone in the end. (laughs) But I think if it had been a more focused film, and maybe we had just had... Let's say we just have the relationship between Byron and Owen, and maybe even the relationship between Owen and Belitsky. Let's remove Tasker completely. He's not, you know... Away with him. Uh, maybe just have those two relationships. And also Ariel. Remove her. She's not really important. Just have those those three central characters. And sort of the relationship between them. And build up those relationships. Much more than what is done in this film. Yeah. I think then I would have been more invested in them. And really wanting to see how the relationship develop. Uh, but now I kind of wasn't. Not I wasn't really invested in seeing the relationship between Owen and Byron developing. Because it just... It didn't really do anything for me. I kind of thought it was fun to see Owen and Belitsky interacting with each other because they were sort of <laughs> bitching at each other mm. all the time. But then in the end, when they're like, oh, well, Task is dead. And Belitsky is like, oh, well, I guess I will pick up with Owen then and go on, on adventures. And I'm like, what? No, no, you bitch. You stupid bitch. Yeah, I was I was not at all game for the whole uh, Owens and Belitsky relationship. From the beginning, no, I was no. like, I don't care, I don't care, and I just I, I wasn't I wasn't invested in them as a romantic interest. I didn't like that. I just sort of liked that how they were sort of when they were talking to each other. Mm. He was like, Oh, you 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 pretty lady. She's like, Fuck off. I like oh, you know okay. yeah. having that and having it several times throughout the film. It mm. was sort of it made it made some coherency, I guess, that we actually have called back to earlier scenes uh, through their true, interactions. True. I like I like that, but I didn't at all buy them as a couple because mm. Owen is a dick. Yeah, it was just I don't know. It just did not do anything for me. I just felt like whatever. When I, like it's so funny because at least you got something out of their scenes. I got nothing from their scenes. I was like just get on with it. Basically, I was not at all. 
uh, like I was not entertained by their banter or anything. But then also I didn't really like Ariel's and Byron's romance was also a bit poorly handled. I think it was kind of just like at one point they were in love and I couldn't really see any evidence of them having that build up in the correct way. No, I think the reason the the idea is that because you know the master that Byron had before was really like a sort of a well-to-do gentleman and and he had Byron read things for him. So Byron is very educated mm. because he's read a lot of the classics and and stuff like that. Uh and Ariel really, you know, that really gets her going because she's she's also sort of interested in the old time and interested mm. in in the classics and the old civilization before the collapse and in preserving that and she kind of finds a kindred spirit I guess in Byron but then at the same time I also kind of felt like maybe it was she wasn't so much attracted to Byron as the idea of exactly this intelligent kind-hearted which he is kind-hearted android living in the settlement she really wanted him to stay there and i think it was more that i didn't really feel that she loved byron it was more like she loved the idea of him rather which is also something you could have done something with but now just like a classic romance like oh no so sad ariel dies and their true eternal love like won't go Mm -hmm. anywhere so yeah (sighs) (laughs) that was a deep sigh yes but, I, but I, I will give the movie this. There is a lot to discuss about it, at least. It's it's far from the worst film I've ever seen. And it's far from the most boring film I've ever seen. Mm. It's not overly interesting, but it has some moments. Uh, yeah, so do we want to maybe like discuss the appearance of the movie? Yeah, you, you kind of touched on it already, yeah. that it is very... Is a very grey, um, sort of grey-brown <laughs> yeah. aesthetic. I think, as a post-apocalyptic film, I think it does all right because it is. You, you do get to see, you know, some some of the settlements that they visit are kind of very dirty and very poor, and you get that a little bit. But as a whole, I think they could have done more variation. You know, they do mm. visit at least three different settlements with three different groups of people and I think they could have varied it more and have vastly different cultures and maybe uh, you know maybe maybe like I don't know different colored clothing or something for each settlement and that kind of thing could have been much more interesting I mean there was I think it's this was kind of the way they wanted to go with things being brown and dull and yeah so Basically, not a very attractive movie. Um, even though a movie is brown and grey, it can still be an interesting, like, it can still be a nice experience to watch. And I just didn't get that from here. And that must be something in, like, the placement of, um, like, the composition of the images. Like, there's nothing very interesting about that either. There was one shot when they're in the cave going to the uh, leader of the um, wind cult. And they enter the cave and there's like this blue light coming from behind them. That was, that's the exception I would make. Like I did enjoy that one. But that's mm-hmm. also so rare. And that was why I was like, when I was watching like, oh, that's nice. So. 
so we have talked a little bit about the characters in the film and what we thought of them mm. and their relationships to each mm. other. Uh, but I was kind of curious to talk a bit more about the actors and uh, what we thought about their performances in the film mm. and uh, uh, if the actors were good for the roles and such. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this, Ebba? Um, yeah, so... Well, the most obvious one to start with, uh, with the whole actor's performance thing, would be Mark Hamill. Um, and I think he walks the line in a very nice way of being this uh, very black and white uh, person in life. <laughs> I don't know how you should really explain it, but like this very dedicated, lawful uh, person and leaning on violence, basically, if that makes any sense. Um, would you, I would like to have a... a confirmation from your part if that makes sense or not because uh, I don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I, un I understand you what you're talking yeah. about um, he's he's very committed to being uh, law enforcement yes in this he, time he, yeah. yes in this time period and in this uh, society yeah, exactly. but he doesn't necessarily question the morals of it and exactly. the ethics like, like Belinsky does yes. um, so he's yeah, he's he's just very very committed. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I guess it's the way. And I also think like uh, Mark Hamill's way of portraying that doesn't make it so he's overly committed to it. Like he's not overly leaning into that sort of character. Mm -hmm. So it does make him a bit more interesting than if someone imagine him being played by someone who's not a good actor at all and just saying these lines very straight and. Um, yeah, I don't think it would have worked as well. So I think Mark Hamill, he does a he does a decent job with this role, and I don't think he has a whole lot to work with, to be honest. So, and it's also kind of nice to see him in something that isn't like a um, the hero that isn't, of that isn't Star Wars. Yeah, that isn't Star Wars <laughs> or Joker, I guess. Like those those are the only things he's known <laughs> known with by now. So it's yeah, it is nice to see him that is that it's something that isn't Star Wars. Mm -hmm. um, and the other ones, yeah. Do you want to say something about Mark Hamill more, maybe? Well, yes, actually. As as you were talking here, I sort of, I got a little bit uh, flashbacks to uh, Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe. Oh my god, I was before. I was having the same thing, but I was like, I can't. <laughs> I don't know if I can say Jesse Ventura in this <laughs> and not sound like a complete idiot. So thank thank you for. Uh, <laughs> Because then we also, yeah, we also have a very yeah. uh, committed, oh, uh, dedicated uh, law enforcer. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I think Mark Hamill plays it better. Yeah, uh, because you don't laugh at him and you don't feel like he's a st like this stereotype who's just who just wants to follow the law book and kill. Like mm -hmm. he's kind of like that, uh, yeah. but it's not exactly li like that. Yeah, and Mark Hamill also he doesn't overplay it. Yes. Like he doesn't oh, overplay exactly. the character as this really well almost like a terminator character, very sort of cold, unfeeling character. Yeah. And he also doesn't overplay it in the other direction that he you know, Task is maybe a little bit mad, but he he could you know, if with another uh, actor he, that character could have been overplayed almost to like a Joker kind yeah, of character exactly. also and I'm very happy that Mark Hamill didn't didn't go in either direction yeah. he had a very good balance mm. there I think yeah and the other ones <sighs> Belitsky I can't remember I think it was Kitty Aldridge or something the actress's mm -hmm. name yeah I actually I, I looked her up on IMDB and her like 
you know, each actor has like a main picture, yeah. and her picture is from this film. And I was like, oh, you poor girl, is this your this your most famous film? <laughs> but she Aww. was just fine, and I that might also be like just because of the script and me not being very interested in the scenes with her, basically, and Owens, which were her main scenes, I guess. Yeah, I guess for me, because I always have a tendency, you know, when I'm watching a film or reading a book or whatever, I always t- tend to gravitate toward female characters, mm. you know, because those those are the ones I want to identify with yes. or, 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 or crush on or mm. whatever, you know, that's usually where I go. And in this movie, it was either Belitsky or Ariel. And I thought Ariel was really boring, so mm. I went with Belitsky instead as a favorite character. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that just that was just me. Yeah, but that's one way to like look at it, I guess. Um, but then, if we're moving on to Bob Peck as the android, I think, uh, I mean, he was probably a good choice. I think the way he's acting that android part is probably the the way that this movie in- intends it to come off as this sort of like held back. British, almost like a butler esque type of uh, mm-hmm. android character. That and that is what he's giving us. So that's why I also think he's fine in this role. No, I think I agree there. I liked I liked him as Byron. I, he he was very um, not really. I mean, coming off movies like Terminator, obviously you know, also an eighties uh, mm. films with androids. He, he Byron re- really plays like. The complete opposite kind of android. Very, very gentle, kind, mm. educated, cultured. You know, his mannerisms is very much English upper class, that kind of yeah. thing. Um, in a in a good way, I mean, he's not snobby or anything. More like a um, butler. Yeah, yeah, like a butler. Yeah. It is a really good description. I, I guess that's is essentially what he was also to his mm, to his master. So I actually think he, he delivers that role pretty pretty good what do you think about the whole slipstream i mean the movie the title of the movie is slipstream and their way of traveling is by slipstream and why people aren't able to go by land or maybe they can but i don't really remember is because of these really strong winds and um, really bad weather basically what do you think about that as the foundation for this world. Do you think that works well? I wouldn't say it, it doesn't work. It mm. kind of works. But I think the slipstreams themselves have very little impact on the film. Like they've not... For a movie called Slipstream, there's very little talk of the actual slipstreams, I think. Yeah. It could have been it could have been more world building done regarding that. And in a better, more focused film, as we have concluded <laughs> before, that it should have been. Mm. That part could have definitely been built up more and the the slipstreams themselves could have been see, been seen more as an antagonistic force, I guess. Yes. Because here it's more like yeah, it's kind of keeping the settlements stranded from each other because you can always all only travel via the slipstreams uh, and then we get a lot of nice scenes from the airplane when mm. Owen and Byron is flying and it's very beautiful and stuff and that's about it yeah <laughs> that's really all slipstream we get in the film and um, I think that could have been done much more like like the slipstream could have been something to 
to overcome. And yes. we, we do learn that Owen has, you know, he loves flying. And I believe he has, like, drawings of flying balloons and stuff uh, mm. among his stuff. So he, he really wants to do that stuff. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel that we could have had a, a personal journey for him where in the beginning the slipstream is his enemy but in the end yes. it's more his friend yes. because now he has overcome it he he understands it he can use it to fulfill yeah. his dream like he can ride and... them as waves almost like you yes know. yeah i think you've just summed up exactly what i was thinking as well that's yeah wa- wasted opportunity mm. uh, exactly once again there's a there's a lot of those in, yeah. in this film which is more, it's mostly sad, yeah. I think. I'm not, I'm not in the least bit angry at this film. I, we've seen oh, other no. films where I've been much more upset at how bad it is. Yeah. Uh, but here it's more like, oh, you, you, you tried. Yeah. No, you, you failed. And like, oh. I mean, it, comparing <laughs> this like as a viewing experience compared to like uh, Q that we watched, like I think two episodes ago. This mm. was much more interesting and entertaining to watch for me than Q. It does come come down to like what your preferences are, uh, and that's why I also think that. Um, and we usually take like a recommendation, like would we recommend this movie later on? But I might as well throw it out that there, this is something you should give a shot if you if you like science fiction and if you like action and sort of philosophical movies because. It's always interesting to watch when something is ambitious and it tries its hands at something uh, just to like counteract. Mm. I mean, we do sound kind of negative about this movie, but I hope that it comes across as more uh, balanced than that, at least in my case. Yeah. If I'm going to compare it to a movie we've seen before, um, this is from before we started podcasting, mm. but I believe you can find <laughs> it, a video of us of this on YouTube. Uh, we saw Highlander 2 together, and that's mm. also a film, a sci-fi film, a post-apocalyptic sci-fi mm. film, but it's also very unfocused and has a lot of yes. things going on. And I was much more upset with that film, I believe, yes. because I felt that, you know, I love the first Highlander a lot. Mm. I think that's a wonderful film. And I was so upset about the direction that they took that story. But for Slipstream, I'm not really upset at it. I'm just like, oh, you know, you, you yeah. could have been so great. Yeah. But, oh, you Just know, like tweaking feels... a few things and removing <laughs> yeah. some other parts. It could I, have been, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I feel sad for the film that this could have been, I guess. Yeah. and I'm, But I'm not angry at it. I think Highlander 2 and this is a kind of a good comparison that way. Yeah, definitely. Just like two unfocused films, but completely different viewing experiences. <laughs> but it is kind of interesting to just play with the idea that if this had been a successful movie in terms of like receive how it's received and how much money it makes back, essentially, like what it could have done for some of these... Um, careers in people's lives i think because Mm -hmm. gary kurtz his career kind of went downhill after this movie and steven lisberger he was the he was the producer producer. yeah and steven lisberger i mean he he hasn't done a whole lot after this either kitty aldridge we have we've already talked about how she doesn't really show up in anything that might be for many many reasons not just like this was a flop or anything. I don't know. It's just a feeling, but I feel like a lot of people were betting on this being a hit. And I think if it had been a hit, it could have um, it could have helped some people's careers like kick off a bit earlier or continue mm. in a different direction than the, what they took, maybe. I don't know. Just like 
playing with that thought a bit. Do you have any anything to say on that? No, that 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 sounds like a really good thought. Um, and like you know, especially like Kitty Aldrich, which I think I don't know her reason for for stop stop acting after this, but I think I think she, she was a perfectly fine actress in this film, yeah. and I think she deserved better um, a better career than she got and it was a shame that it ended with slipstream so yeah yeah so moving on to our uh, usual installments of questions uh replace an actor to improve the movie you're in a time machine and you can bring any actor from any era to replace one actor in this movie who would you bring Linnea? well uh i actually have two thoughts here um and they are two actors that would take Mm. the film in two very different directions uh one of them I think you are already aware of, uh, as I've hinted in <coughs> Messenger. But uh, let's start with the other one. <laughs> I, I mean, I like Bill Paxton. I've got nothing against him. But I was thinking, I was thinking, you know, like Kurt Russell, like mm. the thing and Escape from New York, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Um, really love to see him in this, and then it would have been more of a action film you know really uh, gritty post-apocalyptic action film um much more not yeah like like we were talking about before mm. you know taking the film in not the heavy philosophical direction but rather into more just a straight sci-fi adventure film that kind mm. of thing uh, that i would have loved yeah i want to watch that movie slipstream with kurt <laughs> russell yes please sign yes. me up uh but then my other idea which would also take this film in a very different direction, is Rowan Atkinson as Byron. Yes. <laughs> which I... And this uh, is the directly best one, after really. I had, I had, Yeah, directly <laughs> after I had watched this film, and I was thinking about this question, because I know we we're going to talk about it, like, hmm, place an actor. And then I think I had just, like, that day, <laughs> seen the Johnny English, new Johnny English trailer on YouTube. Mm. So I was like... Roman Atkinson. <laughs> yes, I would love to see that. But then, then of course, it would have been a more of a comedy film. But you know the the whole thing where Byron uh, heals a blind boy. Yes. You know that would have been like a mistake. Yes. You know that would have been something that <laughs> Roman Atkinson just did, like as a result of him just being clumsy. And then people would be like, yes. "Oh, you healed the boy." And he was like. Yeah, yeah, I guess I did. Oh, like uh, a life. Sorry, but like a life of Brian, but with an android in a post-apocalyptic society, played by Rowan Atkinson. That sounds like, like, the next big thing that should happen. Seriously, mm-hmm. seriously, I would love it that. It would be so like with this sort of like British humor and yes, yes. yes. someone make that happen. Please, <laughs> please. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I can't really. I, I'm not gonna bring anything really entertaining like that to this table. I'm afraid. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to say. Uh, so mine is a bit more, just like tweaking things a little bit to just maybe suit my tastes or maybe I don't know. It was basically the first thing that popped into my head. Because I wasn't too inspired by who I would want to replace in this movie. I was thinking of like who would I might who might I want to replace Byron with? And I couldn't really get anyone in my head. So I want to replace Kitty Aldridge, Belitsky the character that is, with an actress called Christine Adams. And you might want to Google this now because I don't think she's very well known. But she plays uh, the sort of I don't know, bad guy-ish person in a series called Terra Nova. 
like mm-hmm. I don't know maybe maybe now it's like 10 years ago or something she's very attractive and very rough person but with something you know like a twinkle in her eye and things like that I don't I mean it's been many years and I saw since I saw this series but she's the one like person that I really remember from this series so she la- she gave me a lasting impression and I think like even with the look that she has in Terra Nova she would have made a nice contribution to this mm-hmm. movie I think mm-hmm. I don't know if you would agree I, with I haven't seen Terra Nova so I'm not at all familiar yeah. with uh, with her and her performance in that yeah. but um sounds sounds like a good idea yeah uh, not as entertaining like i said but uh <laughs> <laughs> she could maybe she could offset uh, rowan atkinson's silly uh, silly android mm-hmm. in a good way so <laughs> mm, uh yeah let's move on to relationship rick so this is fantasize about a romantic relationship that we don't see in the movie but you want it to happen aka ship it well the thing is, I don't really have one. Uh, I have an anti uh, ship. It's a thing. Uh, oh my god, with, it's the same here. Uh, <laughs> yes, with Owens and Belitsky, uh, or Belinsky, or whatever her name was, who end up together in the end, but they don't deserve each other. Yes. Or they, yeah. Belitsky is better. She deserves better than Owens because Owens is a dick. He's he yeah he really like the way yeah. he flirts with her it's very very sexist honestly and their um, first kiss isn't she isn't she like tied up on the bed or something because he doesn't want her yes, to yes I think he, go between uh, Tasker and like, it's it's something like uh, he doesn't want her yeah it, it, oh, it's, it's it's when after after she shoots uh, Owens with the dart which is the antidote but he doesn't know it's the antidote yeah. so he's like oh you shot me again so he knocks her unconscious oh yes. And no. takes her handcuffs and tie her to the bed with them, uh, and then like forcibly kiss her, and she's like, ah. Oh, yes. mm, yeah, it's it's uncomfortable. It was so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> not good. So, just scrap that whole romance thing out yes. it completely. Um, not even like casual flirting, in my opinion. Just get rid of it and flesh out the Ariel and Byron romance. That would make it yeah, better. Yeah, because basically, I mean, essentially, if we're going to really boil it down to the essential here, Owens is like forcefully uh, flirting with her throughout the whole film. And she's basically felt the whole film just saying no, 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 no. And then in the end, she's like, all right. And it's just, oh, mm. it makes me so uncomfortable because, oh, yeah, yeah. Summing oh, up, makes summing me angry. it up. <laughs> Perfectly. The more I think about it, the more angry I get. So yeah, I didn't want that romance. I mean, I I love a romance, a good romance in a film, but this was no, no, no. Okay, so uh, moving on from the relationships, we go to kind of relationships again in our bang bond blasts uh, section, and this is the dick edition of. Bang Bomb Blast, because we have as our choices Byron the Android, Will Tasker, aka Mark Hamill, and Matt Owens, aka Bill Paxton. Eba, what is your choices here? I haven't really given this too much thought, but I think I want to go in the direction with banging Will Tasker. Yeah, banging Will Tasker, bonding with Byron, and blasting uh, Bill Paxton. I mean Matt Owens. And my reasoning for this is well bonding is obviously Byron is the most nice person just basically. He's the nicest one 
he seems like the most um, stable person as well. And uh, yes. that's what I want in a relationship. Uh, but, but I'm going to bang Will Tasker because to my remembering, he doesn't really do the whole weird predatorial flirting like Matt Owens does. So I don't really know how Will Tasker is with a female that he is interested in, um, you know, having a romantic encounter with. <laughs> and so I'm blasting Matt Owens just because, no, don't want to get near that. <laughs> don't want to get near that. He sounds like a good friend and, you know, things like that. But I don't want to don't want to go in that direction with him. So who are you going to bang bottom blast? I would go exactly the same route uh, as you. Interesting. <laughs> Byron really for for bonding. Yeah. Uh, By- Byron really is the best alternative. He he seems like a genuinely genuinely nice good person. Guy yeah. Or android as the case is, and between Will Tasker and Matt Owens, I, I mean I didn't really like either of them, mm. but Will Tasker seems uh, a little bit more just well kept. I guess you oh, know yeah, he, just a little bit more cleaner yeah, just a little bit a more point. like <laughs> his beard looked a bit groomed at mm. least and I reckon it's uh, he's the least likely of the two to have an STD so that's a good thing <laughs> <laughs> very calculating of you but but true but true <laughs> <laughs> so yeah leaving that behind we are now moving on to uh our section uh, where we argue why this should win a Gordon and a Gordon is our version of an Oscar and it has uh, categories completely made up by ourselves <laughs> so uh, Eva which category should this win in and why well Slipstream from 1989 should win a Gordon in the category of trying really hard <laughs> <laughs> That's why it should be yeah. the Gordon. Yes. <laughs> very, very good. Very good. Very true. Yes. yes. Why do you think that Slipstream should, well, get a, should win a Gordon? I think this should win a Gordon in the category Best Kite Flying <laughs> Scene. <laughs> because we have Byron up in the kite flying and it's kind of nice. Yes, that is a, that is a good... Uh... Good scene and good category to win in. And surprise, surprise, it wins in both categories. <laughs> Sweeping the floor with no one else because there's no one else in these categories. Well, Slipstream does kind of win over Highlander too. So, oh, know. true, true. It wins over Highlander too. In both categories. In both so categories, I don't yes. Think, yeah. So it's true. I don't remember if there was a kite flying scene in Highlander too, but I don't care. It wins anyway. Uh, okay, so moving into slightly more serious questions here. Uh, the first one up is, should this be remade in 2019? Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Eva? Yes, it should. Uh, and why I think that is because this movie failed completely, but there is gold nuggets in it. And I think that given the, the climate or whatever you want to call it that we're in now, when we're remaking movies and to you know varied results i think that there is some interesting things that you can make with this these ideas that are floating around in slipstream we've touched on a few of those and 
some of that would be make really good movies. So yeah, I think this should be remade in 2019. To my knowledge, it is also public domain, so I don't know how that works. Um, but I think it wouldn't be too hard to maybe even make that happen. So yes, mm. why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't think I would say a definite yes quite as convincingly as, mm. <laughs> as you did. But uh, I, I agree with the idea that, you know, we see a lot of remakes today. And I think when you should remake a film is when you can improve on yeah. it. A lot of the exactly. remakes we have today are remakes of already good films. And I don't really... I don't really think that's the reason you should remake them. Yeah. But Slipstream has a, some good things going for it. And it also has a lot of room for imp improvements. Mm. And I think that could you could successfully remake it. But I would also say that... <laughs> I don't necessarily think you should maybe like remake Slipstream specifically. Mm. We talked about earlier that the core idea of the film is 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 unique and is original and is interesting and I think if you take that you can do something good with it. So because we do need more new ideas for our our sci-fi films now, I think. Yeah. And twisting a few of these the, the ideas and concepts that are floating around in this, most of them aren't really new, but you could make a very new and interesting interpretation and direction, uh, which would be yes. a breath of fresh air. Uh, would you recommend watching this film? I, I touched on it way earlier, but um, what's your thoughts on it? Yes and no. I would say at least give it a few minutes as a try and yeah. sort of uh, have a look at it. But as we also have sort of concluded, it's not a great film. And I completely understand if you don't want to watch the whole thing. But just sort of have a look at it and, and you know. Yeah, have a look at it and uh, see if you like it. There is interesting things to this movie. And also it's kind of uh, fascinating to watch something that's really ambitious and high concept kind of. And uh, there's a lot of money and big names behind it. And yet it fails. And it's completely forgotten i mean i've never heard of it before stumbling upon this movie and suggesting it for this podcast so i mean never ever heard of it before so listener have you perhaps already seen slipstream we want to know what you think so go to our facebook page star crashed where you can share your thoughts and also give us recommendations for future episodes do you think maybe that we should torture ourselves with uh, watching highlander 3 in the future then uh, go and comment yes definitely we want to we would love to hear from you uh, and also join us in two weeks as we sit down and talk about damnation alley another post-apocalyptic <sighs> film i believe so that's gonna be interesting mm -hmm. yeah bye bye